This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. All right, so we will continue on the teaching subject that we've started with uh, Minister Castile um, on dealing with death. And again, my part of this is death, the enemy of God. And for last time, we got into, again, understanding of life. And I think it's so important that we start with life and, and understand what life is versus, you know, talking about death. And because here's the thing about death, and I was able to kind of watch some things on uh, the TV and YouTube, and it's amazing to see eulogies and seeing when people pass and things people say. It's, uh, it's, it's amazing, you know, and all the cliches come out, all the things that are said. But, but here's the thing about it. You know, you really need to understand what is truly happening, what truly transpired. Because it doesn't matter what people say. Uh, that person that's, that's in that casket or has went on is locked into the decision that they have made. It's, lo- it's over. For them, it's over. And that's why when we have the, the funeral service, when we have the come home going services, whatever you may call them, right, it's really for the people that are still there. To let them understand, you still have opportunity to make a change in your choice and your decisions, right? The, the person that's already passed on, they're passed on. And so it's, it's so important to understand these things and, and really get a clear picture. Because this is something that we're all going to have to deal with. It's appointed to man to die and then comes the judgment. That is for all of us. And so that's why these, these topics to me are so sobering and, and understanding and, and, and especially the, for uh, us to be able to know what's going to happen next, right? Because everybody want to know what's coming next when it comes to after I die. There is a, there's a next. All right, so again, like I said, we examined last time, and the objective here was to examine death and how, as believers, we have victory over death through Jesus Christ. And never forget that. The victory we have is through Jesus Christ over death. He is the victory. That means if I'm in Him... I have victory over death. I mean, that scripture, that's, that sound doctrine, that's what I hold on to. That's what keeps me going. I have victory. All right? And so, again, we talked about last time about life and how God, He is the living God. God is a God of the living, not the dead. And the God is a source of all life. I mean, we looked at this in Genesis and, and looked at that in, 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 in two and how God breathed into Adam and Adam became a living soul. And then we talked about how this shows that man is, is indeed body, spirit, uh, body, spirit, I'm sorry, spirit, soul, and body. That's what man is. Man is a spirit that possesses a soul and it has a body. And so when we say, well, now what happens when it comes to death? That means at the time of death, that body is going to return to the dust of the ground. That's what happens. But your spirit and your soul continues on. The life goes on after death. That's what happens. And then last time we got a chance to, to look at, at Jesus and, and his uh, analogy when he talked about the rich man and Lazarus. And we looked at that in Luke last time and got into the things that were said about this certain man, rich man that died, and this certain beggar called Lazarus that died. And where they both ended up. The beggar Lazarus ended up being carried to Abraham's bosom, but the rich man... He died and he opened his eyes in hell. And hopefully that was clear to kind of help you understand that their bodies, their physical body, was still returned to the dust of the ground. They were buried. 
but their spirit and soul was intact and went on and they still had a conscience. They still understood what was happening. They were, you know, in a sense of uh, aware of their surroundings. So, again, when you when this when this life, this current life we are in now passes on to the next, the transition happens, you will still have a consciousness awareness of what you did on this side. It's not like it's going to be a clean slate starts over again. You're going to be just empty headed. No, I don't No, You will remember. And it says that the rich man was in torment and torment. And, and he said torment in these flame. And, and again, the torment is very interesting because the torment wasn't because of, of, of things that, you know, like watching movies like, oh, like the devil's there and they're tormenting there and the demons are here tormenting. No, you notice in that past scripture, never mentioned anything about the devil in hell. They mention anything about demons in hell. None of that. His torment was his own torment, right? Torment in a place where even his thoughts remind him of the choices that he made when he was on this side. Torment. His anguish, his agony. You know, torment where he wanted some relief. He was in torment. And, and again, it said the Lazarus was comforted. And, and uh, to me, that is this, the beauty of, of being in Christ. There's so much comfort. God is a God of all comfort. He will comfort, comfort us. But these are things that, are, that are, to me, are very sobering and you need to understand of when it comes to death and what happens at death. Now, let's, let's look at this in Acts chapter 7. Because, again, we talked about the, the rich man and Lazarus. And I don't want to get in back into that. So we're going to try to move forward this morning. But we're going to see this other man that passed away. Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7, starting in verse number 54. And this is talking about Stephen. Alright, Acts chapter 7, verse 54. It says, Now when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly unto heaven. And saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. And said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the young man's feet, whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. So it's very interesting in this passage of Scripture, it talks about this man named Stephen, right? Who, again, was, they say was full of the Holy Ghost. How they went and stoned him and killed him. But the interesting thing that they bring out in this is that he said he saw the Lord standing. The Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Now, in our reference is always talking about that, that he is sitting on the right hand of God. But he saw him standing. That's an interesting statement, right? Standing. He saw the glory of God. And then he said, Lord, receive my spirit. Again, talking about his spirit moving on. 
See, Stephen understood these things. Yeah, that body, that physical body that they're gnashing at his teeth, that physical, physical body that they just stoned, it's going to the dust of the ground. But my spirit is moving on. He said, Lord, receive my spirit. But then I love this, this last thing that came out of his mouth. He said, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And then when he had said this, he fell asleep. That means this man, Stephen, did not hold anything against those individuals that stoned him. He, his, his heart was right towards God and towards them that had stoned him before he fell asleep. See, again, his hope was in Christ Jesus. His hope was in his Redeemer. In other words, he wasn't trying to avenge himself, trying to say, Lord, they stoned me, you know, you know hey, get them, hurt them, destroy them. I'm mad at them. Why me? He, that was not what his voice uh, that he said. He said, Lord, hold this not, this sin not against their charge. See, I'm telling you, when you're in Christ, when you're in him, you want to see everyone to receive salvation. No, he said, hold not their sin. Because the wages of sin is death. So he's, made, he's saying a statement to the Lord like, Lord, we, hey, he's all about being, he wants them to be restored. Can think about the things we're, we're teaching about in Matthew and the Beatitudes, right? You know, how, how those that persecute you love them. Well, we don't have no ill feelings for someone that's persecuting you. Someone that's despitefully using you. You know, we have choice words for those individuals that we see that, that say things to us that we don't agree with or things to us that we don't like. We, we come back. We make sure we have a comeback for vengeance. But how come your, your comeback can be restoration? It's not tit for tat. Uh, you know, the Bible says vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And it's amazing that this last breath that this man taken, he's asking the Lord to forgive them. Hold them, hold not the sin against their charge. See, these are the things that let you know that, hey, I, I'm in right standing with God. It is not about me. It is about them being restored. But again, he knows. He said, my Lord, receive my spirit. And instead of saying he died, again, he know he died, but he said he fell asleep. So let's look at this when it means by falling asleep in the Lord. Falling asleep in the Lord means it's a place of peace. A place of comfort. A place of no more suffering. No more pain. No more anguish. No more turmoil. So I love that falling asleep in the Lord as a place of peace. See, well, why, is he, why am I saying these things? Why is it so important to think about someone that's falling asleep in the Lord? Because again, you're going to have loved ones that's going to pass on. Again, you'll go to a funeral service with someone that you know that has lived a life that is according to, to the things of God, the standard of God. In other words, they are a believer. And this is the hope that I have as a believer. That they are asleep. That they're at peace. They're not in no more suffering for them anymore. That is a comforting to understand. They're not in anguish or turmoil. See, if you think back to the, what we read last week around the, the passages around Lazarus and the rich man. You know, if Lazarus never said anything, he was in a place of comfort, a place of peace, a place of, tur- you know, a place where there wasn't no turmoil, no suffering for him. It was, it was all about the rich man was the one that was in turmoil, wasn't, had no peace, he wanted some relief. I mean, that was his anguish. But see, those that fall asleep in the Lord, Hallelujah, there's peace. I have comfort. I tell you, there's nothing like falling asleep in Him. Again, get this, no matter how I fell asleep, 
I'm asleep in the Lord. Because, you know, we get caught up in how someone may pass away. Well, how they die was so tragic. But you know something? They were a believer. Hey, they have peace and comfort. No matter the tragedy of, of the incident of how they may have passed. Understand, they're falling asleep in the Lord. It's a place of comfort. A place of peace. See, this is where I'm going to be found. I'm going to be found in Him. Where he can bring forth all the comfort and peace in the time. And for my loved ones, you know, I go on to be with the Lord. The loved ones that are here, they have that, that, that assurity, right? They have that certainty that, hey, you know, this brother now, he is at peace. He's at rest in God, in the Lord. I love these things. I, I, that's why I said I love, I, I love this passage because it just really shows me that this man left on this, Stephen left on this side without no regrets, without any anger towards no one else. That was the last words out of his mouth. After he said, Lord, receive my spirit. The next thing was forgive them. Let their sin not be, uh, hold their sin not, not against them. It's all about restoration. Falling asleep in him. Get, get, get these things down because when your loved ones pass away, when it comes to someone that is in the Lord, understand they have, they're in a place of comfort, place of peace. Again, that's said their spirit and their soul continues on. Their bodies return to the dust of the ground, but the real them is in a place of peace. Again, to be absent from the body means that we'll be, see, pre, we'll be present with the Lord. That's a place of comfort and peace. So for this teaching... When we talk about death, let me just give a definition of death for this teaching. When we're referring to death here, we're talking about an unnatural separation or severance from something which it belongs. Let me say that again. Death is an unnatural separation or a severance from something from which it belongs. So again, for man, we're talking about spirit, soul, and body. So at physical death for man... It's the separation of the spirit from the body. Because remember, we saw how God was a source of life. When he, when he breathed in a man, man became a living soul. But now at death, once, once the fall of man happens, and now in dying you shall surely die, now all of a sudden there's a physical death that happens where there is a separation from the spirit from the body. That's death. That's that transition that happens. It's a separation. The severance from where it belongs has now been taken away from. Then also the Bible mentions, uh, uh, when we talk about death, the second death. And I'm just going to throw this out here about second death. And we'll hopefully get to this eventually in this teaching, hopefully. But the second death talks, it talks about in Revelations. And what it's talking about in the second death is referring to the eternal punishment where man is now separated for, from God for eternity. Again, the second death is where an eternal punishment happens. Again, we're talking about the eternal judgment. When eternal punishment happens for those that have not received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior on this side, they will be separated from God for eternity. And that separation from God, they'll be cast into the eternal lake of fire. Get this, where you'll be burned but never consumed. 
That's the separation. Alright, so let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Again, hopefully have that down as these understanding about death. And now let's get into the, the meat of this, this uh, teaching around death being an enemy of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. The last enemy. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 15, starting at 12. It says, Now if Christ, again, 1 15, verse 12. Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? If Christ be not risen, then is our preaching in vain, and our faith is also vain. Yea, and ye and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. So in this passage of scripture, it is amazing. Now, here, here is Paul talking to the Corinthians about the resurrection of the dead. So again, in verse 12, he said, if Christ be, uh, if, 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 now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you there is no resurrection of the dead? Again, Paul is saying, that's what we preach. That's part of the gospel message, that Christ was raised from the dead. Remember that, Christ was raised from the dead. That's, that's the hope that we have. That's part of the message of the gospel. And so he says there, if, if there be no resurrection for the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then our preaching is what? Vain. Empty. And your faith that you say you have in Christ is also vain. It's amazing how powerful the resurrection is in the gospel message. That's the hope that we have. That's part of our salvation. It belongs to us. And those that are found in him. So now, understand this. So that means there is a resurrection of the dead. That means that death is not the final outcome or the resting place. I'll say that again. There is a resurrection of the dead. Death is not the final outcome. It is not the final resting place. Death is not the final destination. There is life after physical death. Again, after your body returns to the dust of the ground and your spirit and soul continues on, that's life after your physical death. And the grave is not your final holding place. Can you go walk through the, go to a graveyard, walk through the gravesite. You know, no one's talking in there. You won't hear a thing. No one's talking. Why? Because they're not there. That is just the empty shell of the real person that was, that, that was in that shell is gone. So that means death was not the final resting place. The, the grave was not the final holding place. So now when we say we testify of, of God, that God has raised up Christ, again, we need to understand this is our witness. This is a reference to Jesus who was crucified and slain. Now turn with me to Acts chapter 2. Because this is what, what our witness is. Acts chapter 2. Look at this in verse 22. Acts 2 and 22, it says, 
ye man of Israel, hear these words. Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. I love this. See, he's talking about Jesus. See, it's amazing how we can talk about God, but then we don't talk about Jesus. But he's talking about Jesus. People say, yeah, I understand Christ is risen from the dead. No, that's a reference of Jesus. He is the Messiah. He is both Lord and Christ. See, when we talk about I got to be found in him, I got to be found in Christ Jesus. See, people looking for a different Messiah. I don't know what Messiah you're talking about. I'm talking about Jesus, the Christ. Him. Who's referred to in the scriptures. I got to be found in him. Then I have the promise of the resurrection of the dead. And uh, and resurrection of the dead unto eternal life. There's another resurrection that happens also for the unjust unto eternal damnation. But those that are found in Christ Jesus, I I have the promise of the resurrection of the dead unto eternal life. Jesus. That's why we witness and we preach him. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. See, he's telling them, you, you, you of Israel, you crucified and slain Jesus. Verse 24, whom God has raised up. Now, this is amazing. You crucified him and slain him, but God raised him up. He is the only individual that has that testimony. That you crucify this individual, but God raised him up. So other people will say, well, there's other people that raised from the dead by God? That whom you crucified? That was approved by God? God raised him up. Whom God hath raised him up, having loosed the pains of death. Because it was not possible that he should be holding of it. See, death could not hold him. Why could death not hold Jesus? Because he did not commit sin. He said, he that knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the sons of God. He became sin for us. Died on the cross for us. But he knew no sin. He was innocent. The lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. So death, the ways of sin is death, could not hold him. So now again, understand that's why this is so important. That's why I got to be found in him. Because if I'm not found in him, just like he was raised, I can be raised with him. Glory to God. That means death won't hold me. I got to be found in him. And then we'll see this. You know, he's the first fruits of, of those that were raised from the dead. Christ Jesus. What a, what a pattern. So the pain, so the, the loose of the pains of death couldn't hold him. He was raised. 
Now jump down to verse 30. It says, therefore, being a prophet. Again, Acts 2, verse 30. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. Notice, God was going to raise up Christ to sit on his throne. God raised him up. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up, wherefore we are all witnesses. How plain and simple can this passage be, right? This Jesus is the one God has raised up, that we're all witnesses of. It's him. See, that's why I'm not looking for another. I'm not going after another gospel. I'm not looking for another savior, another messiah, another redeemer. I'm looking towards him. Jesus, the one God has raised up. One God has approved of. He is the hope of my resurrection. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this which ye now see and hear. Verse 36. He says, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God had made that same Jesus, the one that you crucified and slain, God had made that same Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. God made him. I love that. God had made that same Jesus, both Lord and Christ. That means Jesus is the answer. It's in him that I find the truth of the resurrection of the dead. It's in him that I have my surety in, my hope in, my comfort in. That's what I mean by when I fall asleep in him, I, I'm not comforted and I'm in peace in Christ Jesus. God had made them both Lord and Christ. He's Lord of all. And He is the Messiah. And God has proven this sworn is because He raised Him from the dead. No other man can have that claim. But Jesus, both Lord and Christ. See, again, that's why the victory I have over death is found in Jesus. Now turn with me to John chapter 11 because, again, Jesus says the same thing in John chapter 11. He told them ahead of time. They should have realized this. John chapter 11. John 11. Let me get there. Starting at verse number... <clears throat> We're going to start here. John 11, let's start at verse number 17. John 11 and verse 17, it says, Then Jesus came, and he found that he had, he had lain in the grave four days already. When Lazarus, not the same Lazarus we talked about with the rich man, but Lazarus, the, the brother of Martha and Mary, had died. He was in the grave for four days. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furloughs off, 
And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus said unto her, thy brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth on in me, there, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believeth thou this. Here is now Jesus giving her the comfort, understanding that he is the resurrection. What do you mean the resurrection? He has a power to restore all life is in him. He said, I, she said, I know he's going to be resurrected in the last day. He said, I am the resurrection. All the power, all the, 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 the be able to, the, the authority to grant eternal life resides in him. He is it. I am the resurrection. And God, we saw it in Acts 2, God approved that he is the one that he got raised from the dead. See, my hope is in, in Jesus. He's the resurrection. And life. Life means, he's talking about eternal life. That means not only are you going to be raised again, but I'm going to be raised again unto eternal life. Because there are going to be those that are going to be raised again unto eternal damnation. But I'm going to be raised again unto eternal life because I'm found in him. So he has the power to grant eternal life for those that believe in him. And I love how he said it. He said, and whosoever uh, liveth and believeth in me shall never die. That means I got to hold on to this. Here's the thing that's so important about we're talking about your spirit and soul is intact. Your belief system goes on. After, after this life here, you get your body returns to the dust of the ground, but what you believe in on this side carries on. That's why I'm telling you, that's why this stuff is so important. That's why it's so important on this side to understand what you believe in. That's why the enemy tries so hard to get you to get your faith and your belief outside of Jesus. Get your faith in and believe in a man or, 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 or an individual or a job or, or whatever. Whatever thing to get, float your boat, to get you distracted, that you're not believing in Jesus anymore. Because your belief system will move on. It's tied into your soul and what you believe in. That's why he said, who believe in me shall never die. I got to stay believing in him. Not only on this side, but when, the time, when I move on, I'll pay. It won't be, I won't be surprised when I see him. Because I believe in him on this side. So you don't want to stand before the Lord God and he said, I never knew you. And then you start being religious and say, Lord, I did this in your name. I did that in your name. And he said, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. You know, I never knew you. You may have did some things you called in my name, but I never knew you. That means you never had a personal relationship with him. That means I've never accepted him as my Lord and Savior. For the forgiveness of my sins. See, understand, it's not about your works. It's about Him. i got to be found in Him. Him is Jesus. 
That's why we witness. That's why we teach. You have, to have, you have the mindset about eternity versus these temporal things. You know, we're so caught up in our temporal, temporal lives. And I understand, because we're in this world, but not of it. If you ever get a mentality attitude of, of thinking about eternity versus thinking about your temporal things, then you will flow into the realm of, hey, I need to be found in Christ Jesus. Because temporal means it's subject to change. But my belief system, who I believe in, who my faith is towards, it has to be towards Jesus and what he has done. And I'm going to tell you, as this world continues to go on, it's going to get worse and worse in a place where it's going to get you to turn away from what you believe in. That's why you better be hearing these things that are being taught on, on Sunday mornings around morality. Because your morality can, can cost you to go to hell. Thinking you're morally good. And your morality is taking you away from the belief in Jesus Christ. Now you believe in your own morals and standard of a man. The standard of man is not getting you in heaven. God is not accepting the standard of man for, for the redemption of your sins. Because man will say, you're good, you're okay, you, you know, you, you're not bad as someone else. That, that's not the standard. The standard is found in Jesus. That's why you better be listening very close, attentively, right? Pay attention. And again, not only hear the word of God, but be doers of it. Get these things down in your heart. Because when the trials and issues of life come, your faith won't be moved. In other words, I'm, my faith is intact in Jesus. I trust in him. It'd be sad, it'd be sad you get to the end and all of a sudden you, you lose your, your confidence and your hope in the, in the Lord. But don't be an old fool. Somebody talk you out of your salvation at the end. Silly. Again, verse 25. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. It's just, you know, you read these things, I don't know, it's sometimes hard to get past some things, right? Here's the thing, whether you believe he's a resurrection or the life or not, doesn't change whether he, he is. In other words, he is a resurrection and life. But for you to receive that, you have to believe it. But understand that he is a resurrection and the life. That's who Jesus is. Whether you believe it or not does not change who he is. But if you don't believe it, you won't receive the benefits of who he is. Why is that so important? But that's why you better... I'm telling you, people say, well, in every, like, you know, you hear the, the gospel message of inclusion. I don't know why I'm getting on these things. You know, message of inclusion. Like, everybody's saved, but they just don't know you. You better get away from that. You, you can't be saved and don't know it. Know it means that, you know, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to believe in it. Because, again, Jesus paid the price for, your, for our sins. So the sin problem is taken away. But you've got to believe that he did. You do. Your belief system has to be in him. And I like how he said, he that believeth, that T-H on the end means that's a continued action. I've got to continue to believe until the end. Then you shall never die. My belief system carries on past this lifetime. 
We saw that with the rich man. When he, after he, he physical body went to the earth, he still saw Lazarus as a beggar boy to come and do some, some handiwork for him. His belief system was still intact. What he thought on this side carried on to the next side. Transitioned. So make sure my belief system stays on him who is the resurrection and the life. Believe on him. I have to stay there. Now I've been saying this word resurrection. Let me just give a simple definition, definition of resurrection. Resurrection means to be raised again, to never die again. Let me say it again. Resurrection is to be raised again, to never die again. Because we've seen people that came from the dead, but they've died again. But when you've been resurrected, that's it. That means death won't hold you anymore. And that's what Jesus has all power, the whole power, totality of life. That's why you look at death. Death is really just a transition. Again, that's what I mean, a separation from your, from your spirit and your soul, even this body. It, it, death is just a transition. Again, we don't see the transition. All we see is this side is someone has passed away. We don't see what happens afterwards. And in these in natural eyes, these, this earthen vessel we are in, we cannot see it. But there is, there's a transition that just happened. And we say these things, they have transitioned to the, their eternal rest. You know, we make statements that happens at funerals, right? We'll say those things, but you can't see it. But understand what it is. So that's the resurrection of the dead. That's why he was the first fruits of those that have been raised from the dead. He said, I am the resurrection. Through Jesus, I have power over death. Now, look at this. We're still in John 11. (laughs) John 11. Look at this in verse... Look at this in verse 40. John eleven forty. Because at this time it's amazing. Through all when Jesus said this to them, they still had an issue about believing this. And I, I again put yourself in their shoes, right? I understand. Right? Because again, their their brother Lazarus is dead. You can sit there and say all you want to say to you the resurrection life, but the reality is the brother's still dead. I'm looking at it. John, John 11, verse 40, he says, Jesus said unto her, Say, said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. He had to remind her again of what he said. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou heard, hearest me. Always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. Again, notice this is what he said. This is happening so you can believe that God has sent Jesus. And again, don't get caught up in the miracles, get caught up in who God has sent. It's Jesus. 
In other words, after Lazarus raised from the dead, we're not worshiping Lazarus. We're still worshiping the God who has, has sent Jesus to raise up Lazarus. In, in verse 42, and I, and I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, and that they may believe that thou sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus said unto them, Loose him and let him go. Verse 45. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary had seen the things which Jesus did, believed on him. That's what this is about. Again, we're caught up in the, hey, he raised this man from the dead. But do you believe who he is? See, again, why is that so important? Because I'm telling you, when your loved one has passed away, when you know they have, do you believe who he is? See, my hope is in him. I believe that he is a resurrection in the life. I believe that those that have fell asleep in the Lord, that he will raise again. To never die. I believe that. That's why I have my hope in that Jesus, he, I have my hope in him. And again, it's easy to say that on, on this side of me and say that on the time where, you know, you don't have a loved one that's passed, someone that's very close and near, dear to you. you. You know, it's easy to say that now. But wait till your, your, your loved one, the one that's close to your heart, passes away. When you go through all the pain and the hurt and the sorrow, again, I'm reading this in John 11 because it said here, Jesus, you know, the, the, it, it, verse 35 said Jesus wept. It was sorrow and pain. It hurts. When someone passes away, that is serious hurt. If you don't understand it, keep on living, baby. You will, you, it's serious hurt. It's a, it can be a hurt that's so uncontrollable. But my hope is in him. Believe in him. That's the comfort. That's what keeps me going. That's why you can move forward. Continue on. Again, he said, I did these things so you can believe. I have to believe in Jesus. I got to believe he is the resurrection. So what I'm preaching is not in vain. What I'm, my faith is not in vain. My hope is not in vain. Remember these things. Remember these messages when, these, when this time comes. When again, Because we're all going to have to deal with addressing death. Someone is going to pass away that's been very close to you. Now how are you going to respond? Again, we can have a, you know, we can put up a good face, a good, you know, in front of people, but you know where your heart is. So a lot of times, you know, we go through some of phases of death and people go, I mean, you know, when someone's died, not phase of death, but when someone died, they go through a mourning phase and someone getting in denial and then, you know, it's a, you know, all this thing that psychology talks about, right? But, but here's my thing, where are you at? Because a lot of people get, get mad at God. Get this, understand this, we are all in a temporal place. Get this, right? Why are we mad at God for something that, that God has already said? This is temporal. We're all going to get to a place where we're going to transition on. All of us. I'm not mad at God when somebody transitions on. That, that's, that's part of the process. 
That's what Jesus said. I am the resurrection and the life. There is a transition that's going to happen. Where you're going to transition to stands on what you believe on this side. So I'm not mad at God when, when a loved one of mine passes. Why, why am my anger is towards God? I gotta, that's what I'm saying. That'll get you away from believing in Jesus. The one that God has sent. And we start throwing out things people say during that time. God did this and God did that. And God, that's why I started with God. He's the source of my God. God. There's no death in God. God takes no pleasure in the dead dying in the wickedness and sin. He takes no pleasure in that. So hold on to Jesus. The resurrection. He the one has the power, the authority of life for eternity is found in him. So I must be found in Jesus. Amen. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net. Thank you.